Hello. And welcome. This is the What If I Told You podcast, a show that is just as unpredictable as the Midwestern weather. Certainly. Yeah, I'm about tired of that shit. Yeah. Don't be making any sense. That's what I'm saying. And the AC is out at work. (laughs) Bruh. That's lame. It's hot as fuck in there. Yeah, I bet. All those machines. Yeah. Yeah. Where Whitney's at is air conditioned, but the other side of that hall is not. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I had to pop into her office today to cool off a little bit. I stood there like this. What's super weird is one day there were people like, so those big like electrical poles that are just outside the building, one of them like fell yeah, or whatever. And it was like the one that you could literally look out of the window from your desk and see. Right. But it powered the, like the back end, like with all the machines, it powered that part of the building, not our part. So, everyone from, like, the break room back got to leave at, like, fucking 10 a.m. But our little office area still had electricity. And I was like, how the fuck does the pole I'm literally looking at fall down and I am still stuck here at work? That is simply unfair. I watch this shit. And I'm sitting here like, cool, I can do some shit today. Nah, you get to stay. Yeah, that's how it usually happens. It's the way the cookie crumbles, my friends. I guess so. Um, Please check out our merch. The link is at the top of this episode description. Check out our Instagram at whatifitoldyoupod and send us an email at whatifitoldyoupodcast at gmail.com. I also ha- was able to successfully create a new TikTok. Oh, yes. There's not that much shit up yet. I'm still, like, working on gathering. Because a lot of the shit on our old one was, like, date-specific. Right. Which I realized after going through all of the videos that I had posted. I was like, oh, yeah, that's a specific date. Cool. Right. Super glad I can't reuse that content. Um, but it is at what if I told you pod. Yes. Just the same as our Instagram handle. So follow us. Please do. I'm trying, people. I'm trying. We're also not eating anything. Um, Nope. We are just sustaining ourselves by drinking the blood of our enemies. Per usual. As usual. That's how we keep our skin so glowy and supple. Yeah, of course. As you do. Now, I wrote... This chip's basement a couple of weeks ago, and as we have had just life problems, we haven't recorded for like two weeks, mm-hmm. but Chip was bragging to us about his the fact that he uh, gets premium gas. Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Richie Rich. Yeah. Oh, Chip. I don't know if we have, we probably don't have any other things. No, we don't. We might as well just. Just go fuck ourselves, right? Yeah. Cool. Pretty much. (laughs) Okay. 
Pretty uh, much. Thanks a lot, Chip. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Um, so getting right into our topic today, we're going to talk about the West Mesa murders. Mm-hmm. Real cool. Taking it back to the early 2000s. What a time to be alive. It was, an, it was a great time to be alive. Um, I, myself, was in high school in the mid-2000s. I graduated in 2008. Oof. So, uh, it, was a, it was an excellent time to be in high school. I was in the first through the fifth grade during this. You were yeah. in the fifth grade? Well, I guess... Between 2001 and 2005, I was in first through fifth grade. Mm. In 2001, I was in fifth grade. 2005, I was in, I don't know, eighth grade or ninth grade. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I'm actually super excited that I got through high school before social media and like all of the touchscreen smartphone devices because I feel like that just makes high school kids' lives so complicated. Yeah, I mean, I think I got a Facebook when I was a freshman in high school, but it really wasn't you weren't accessing Facebook all the time. Right. It was it was much different. I got a Facebook. I was probably a junior in high school. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you couldn't, like, check it on your phone. You had to go to a computer and wait for it to fucking dial up. Yeah. Because we were out in the country. So even even if we had had the money for, what, DSL or whatever, in rural Adrian, nah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you're not having that shit. So. I did have a MySpace through, like, middle school. I didn't have a MySpace. It was pretty sick, dude. That's what I hear. Yeah. I just never did. I got a Facebook when I was a junior and then, but I've never like been one of those people that posts like statuses really. Yeah. Like that was the main Facebook shit back then was posting like photos and making a status. Yeah. So I don't know. It was just kind of, I don't know. But it was just so much easier to navigate back then oh, because for sure. it was the only one, first of all. Right. And I mean, you know, life was simpler. It was so much simpler. For a myriad of reasons, but certainly in the social media realm. For sure. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to give a little bit of an overview of the case we're talking about today. So between 2001 and 2005, 11 women were buried by an unknown assailant in an Arroyo Bank on Albuquerque's West Mesa in an undeveloped area still within the Albuquerque city limits. There's satellite imagery that you can see, like aerial photos taken between 2003 and 2005, that show tire marks and patches of disturbed soil in the area where their remains were recovered. It's weird. I watched like a time lapse of this, all like the photos that are taken. It, I think they were just like 
the photos weren't taken of this area because of, like, the murders or anything. Because the remains had not been found. Right. In 2003 and 2005. But they're more like survey photos. And you can see if whenever you look through them in rapid succession that how the soil changes. Like the different like burial areas. Like the different mounds developing. It's very so creepy. It's so creepy. Because you can see like the tire marks and then the next one it's like in a different area. It's so wild to see. Um, so yeah. I, and it was a long time ago that I saw that. I'll have to see if I can find it and we can post those photos. Yeah. But I do have pictures of like the area that it, that the West Mesa is in and where the bodies were found. So we'll post whatever we have. I'll see if I can find the aerial shots though. Perfect. Um, but by 2006, a... Like, housing developments had started to encroach on the area of the West Mesa. And soon afterwards, the site was completely disturbed. They had dug, buried the area, and plated it for residential development. So I guess they, like, compact the soil before they pour foundations or whatever. Right. So they were prepping the area for development. But in 2008, as we all know, the housing crisis happened. And so development on the west side of the area halted before actual houses could be built. So the burial site where every, all the remains were found was left undeveloped because of the housing crisis, which is incredibly fortuitous. Yeah. Otherwise we may never have found these remains. Houses would have just been built over them. That would have been a, a bad thing. And then all those houses would have been haunted. Right. <laughs> so, anyway, this shirt, I'm sorry, I keep, like, scratching my chest. Where the zipper is, Oof. in the end, it just, yeah. I'm doing it, like, all day at work, so people just, like, probably are like, why does this bitch keep, like, touching her boobs? <laughs> sorry. The zipper is itching <laughs> to anyone at work who's listening. Um, okay, so where I lost my place now because of the itch. Okay, so the development halted. Neighbors who lived in the houses around the area started complaining of flooding at the side of the burial. And the developer built a retaining wall to channel the storm water to a retention pond built in the approximate area of the burial site and it inadvertently exposed the bones of the deceased to the surface so the water kind of like washed away That's the mounds so of dirt that had buried them mm. well, wild i mean i guess shit like that well I feel like bodies are found by construction workers and mm. mushroom hunters. It, It's true. It's fucking true. The freaking mushroom hunters, you know? All right. So now we'll talk about what the West Mesa is. A little uh, 
geography lesson, I guess. Um, it's important to the case, obviously. Yep. So <clears throat> the West Mesa is an elevated landmass land mass lying west of the Rio Grande, stretching from south of Albuquerque northward to Bernalillo in the U.S. Um, and New Mexico. So it's down yonder, New Mexico area. The eastern edge of the West Mesa is defined by an escarpment mm-hmm. that borders the Rio Grande floodplain. And it also serves as the easternmost extent of the Colorado Plateau in this region. The western edge of the mesa is the Rio Puerco Mm -hmm. near the Laguna Pueblo, about 20 miles west of Albuquerque. And a large portion of the west mesa is part of Petroglyph National Monument and is bisected by Interstate 40 and Historic Route 66. Yo, I struggled with that. (laughs) My mind is mush. Yeah. Geography is hard. And for some reason, you know, all the, a lot of the words they like to choose. They're just, you know. Yeah. Okay. So the discovery of the remains... On February 2nd of 2009, Christine Ross was walking her dog, Ruka, around the West Mesa. Ruka picked up a bone, as dogs do, and Christine thought that it looked suspiciously human. (laughs) I've never actually obviously discovered a human bone before. Right. So I don't know... If I would identify it as human, you know? Yeah, I don't know. This does say that she suspected it could have been a femur, and I feel like a femur bone is pretty huge. Yeah. So if April came out of the woods with, like, a huge-ass bone in her mouth, I might think to myself, hmm. Yeah, that's not an animal. That is suspicious. (laughs) So... Christine took a picture of the bone and texted it to her sister, who was a nurse. And her sister, of course, told her that she should contact the police because it was, in fact, a human femur. Yikes. Whoa. Over the next month, the incomplete remains were put together. And at one point, investigators thought that there were 13 victims found, but the number was eventually narrowed down to just 11. Just 11. Mm. 11 women and one fetus in the area. So one of these women was pregnant when she was killed. So there was 11 women and an unborn child. Mm. Which is horrifying. Their ages ranged between 15 and 32. Most of the victims were Hispanic and... Also, most of the victims were involved in either drugs or sex work or both. And all of the women who were found went missing between 2003 or 2004. It's a lot of women in a short amount of time. So many women. 
All right, so we're going to go through the victims now. Um, the remains discovered in 2009 were identified as those of the following women and girls, all of whom disappeared between 2003 and 2005. So first up is Monica Candelaria. Candelaria? Um, I would say Candelaria. Okay. Monica Candelaria. She was 22, and she was last seen in the area of 118th Street Southwest near Atrisco and Central in Southwest Albuquerque, New Mexico on May 15th, 2003. Deputies said that she lived a, quote, high-risk lifestyle and may have had gang ties, and she had been convicted of prostitution once, and according according to court records. So sometime between 2003 and 2005, an unknown person killed Monica and then buried her in the West Mesa. Police always like to refer to sex workers as high-risk lifestyle. Yeah. Um, Doreen Marquez, she was 27 years old. Police reported that she was last seen dropping off a child at Calvary Christian Academy on Le- on Leeds Southeast near University on October 10th, 2003. A friend of Doreen would later contradict that, saying that she was last seen in Borellis, which is an inner city neighborhood of Albuquerque, located immediately south of downtown. Sometime between 2003 and 2005, an unknown person killed 27-year-old Doreen Marquez and buried her in the West Mesa. Unlike many of the other women whose remains were found, Marquez did not have any sex work arrests, but police believed that she could have been engaged in sex work nonetheless. She also had a history of drug addiction. Next is Victoria Chavez. She was 26. She was last seen in the area of 118th Street Southwest in Albuquerque. On Whoop, up. Repeat. Same, yeah, same street. On June 5th, 2003, her mom reported her missing on in March of 2005. Whoa. After she had not been seen in more than a year. Uh, okay. And it was said in the missing persons report that Chavez was on probation and was a, quote, known drug user and prostitute. She had five prostitution convictions, according to court records. And she was actually the first victim to be identified. So in 2005, an unknown person killed 26-year-old Victoria Chavez and buried her in the May in the Mesa located adjacent to 118th Street Southwest in Albuquerque. Veronica Romero, 27. Veronica Romero was reported missing by her family on Valentine's Day in 2004. Sometime between 2004 and 2005, an unknown person killed Veronica Romero and buried her in the West Mesa. This is all the information we have on Veronica. Um, It's not indicated whether or not she was in sex work like the previous victims, but her family did report her missing. Yeah. So. That's 
That's good. That's good. And it seems like they reported her missing fairly soon after she went missing and didn't wait almost two years. Yeah. You know? So that's, so. A, that's a good start. There you go. Next is Jamie Barella. She was 15. Oh, my God. She was last seen in the area of 118th Street in Albuquerque um, on March 26, 2004. And using DNA evidence, forensic experts were able to identify the 15-year-old. She was last seen at a family gathering in March of 2004. And um, her cousin, Jamie. She is Jamie. Oh, duh. (laughs) Jamie and her cousin, Evelyn Salazar, who was a victim, had left the gathering and went to a park near San Mateo and Gibson. And Jamie was the final skeleton to be identified. And unlike the other West Mesa victims, um, she had no known prostitution um, or drug arrest, but they were never seen again. Now we'll talk about Jamie's cousin, Evelyn Salazar. She was 23 years old and also identified using DNA evidence. She was Last seen at a family gathering on March 26, 2004, just like Jamie. And they left the gathering to go to the park near San Mateo and Gibson and were never seen again. She had one conviction of sex work, according to court records, and she was the 10th person to be identified. Salazar was killed by an unknown person and buried in the West Mesa. Next, we have... Solania Edwards, another 15-year-old. She ran away from her um, home in Lawton, Oklahoma on August 17, 2003. She was last seen in the area of 118th Street in Albuquerque. Using a sketch and dental records, the Office of the Medical Investigator were able to identify one of the unknown victims of the serial killer as... Solania. Is that what I fucking said earlier? Solania. Solania. Law enforcement authorities in Lawton, her hometown, had classified her as an endangered runaway and reported her missing in 2003. In May of 2004, um, she had been seen associating with prostitutes on East Colfax Avenue in Aurora, Colorado, and she may have been staying at the Ranger Motel. Edwards was seen in the company of three other women, Lucretia, Ty, and Diamond, and she might have been using the nickname Mimi or Chocolate. She was 15 years old when she was last seen. Now, she doesn't really fit the profile of the other victims, who were all local Caucasian or Hispanic prostitutes in their 20s or 30s, with the exception of Jamie, of course. Um... But Solania was killed sometime between 2004 and 2005 and then buried in the West Mesa. Virginia Cloven, 24, was last seen in the area of 118th Street Southwest in Albuquerque on April 13th, 2004. She had called to say she had a new boyfriend who had just gotten out of prison and that she was probably going to marry him. Virginia's father, Robert reported his daughter missing four months later in October of 2004. 
Using DNA evidence, forensic investigators were able to identify 24-year-old Virginia as one of the victims. Investigators believe that she may have been killed sometime between 2004 and 2005 and then buried in the West Mesa. Um, We have just a few more. Cinnamon Elks. She was 32 years old. She was last seen in the area of 118th Street Southwest in Albuquerque on August 20th, 2004. Um, So she was killed sometime between 04 and 05 and then buried in a mesa located adjacent to 118th Street Southwest in Albuquerque. She was the third of the West Mesa victims to be identified, and she, like many of the others, had a string of prostitution and solicitation arrests, 19 total, with 14 convictions. She was friends with at least three of the other victims, um, Gina, Victoria, and Julie. Julie Nieto, 24. Julie's mother, Eleanor Grego, says that she last saw Julie on July 15th of 2004 at Eleanor's father's house. She left behind a young son who her mother said she had doted over. According to Eleanor, Julie started doing drugs when she was around 19 And sometime between 2004 and 2005, she was killed and buried in the West Mesa. Michelle Valdez was last seen in Albuquerque, New Mexico on September 22nd, 2004. Her father, Dan, reported her missing in February of 2005 when she was 22 years old. So sometime between 2004 and 2005, an unknown person killed her and buried her in the West Mesa, and this is the victim that was pregnant at the time of her death. Her, the skeletal remains of her four-month-old unborn child were found buried with her, and her bones were the second set to be identified, and court records did show that she had been convicted of prostitution once. Wow, so that's all the confirmed victims. We do have a string of other potential victims um, that we can read through, or we can just read their names. I don't know what we want to do. We can read their names. Okay. Um, So according to the satellite photos, the last victim, Solania Edwards, was buried in 2005. Um, And Solania was uh, the 15-year-old runaway from Oklahoma. Uh, She was also the only African-American victim and the only victim from out of state. Um, All of the other victims, as we've stated, were either Hispanic or Caucasian and from the Albuquerque area. Right. So she was the only one that didn't necessarily fit the victim profile. Um. And Michelle Valdez, of course, was four months pregnant at the time of her death. There are six other potential victims of the West Mesa murderer, and they were all reported missing in the Albuquerque area beginning in 2001. So it's up in the air. I don't know. Let's see. All of them were 
involved in drugs and sex work, but investigators are not sure whether the cases are connected. Each of the victims, each of the potential victims are classified as missing and disappeared in the area and time period when the killer was known to be active. Um, so these are not people whose remains have been found. They're missing. Right. So it's always, it's crazy because of the development of the area. They could be buried in that area. We They just have never been found. Yeah. So they're all unconfirmed victims of this. Unconfirmed. This dude. So first we have Jeanette Maria de la Cruz, who was 19. Uh, Darlene Tru... Truijo? Truijo, who was 20. Christine Julian, 31. Brenda Jean... Uh, Apalacio? Yeah. Brenda Jean Apalacio, 39. Martha Jo Lucher, 32. Merlinda Juanita Jenkins, 57. Anna Vigil, 20. Felipa Gonzalez, 22. Nina Heron, 21. Jillian Elizabeth Henderson Ortiz, 19. Chantel Waits, 29. Leah Peebles, 33. And Vanessa Reed, 24. That would be a lot of victims if it was the same person. It would. And a lot of these, like, the ages of some of these potential victims just don't seem to fit. Like, Merlinda Jenkins, she's 57. Yeah. That's pretty outside of the age range of all of the confirmed victims. Right. Even 39 is pretty outside the age range. Yeah. So, um, I don't know. I think really the reason that they list these as potential victims is because they disappeared in Albuquerque during that time frame between 2001-2005. So... I don't know. It's it's hard to say, really. Yeah, for sure. Especially since their remains haven't been found. Um, I could read this paragraph. Okay. So, because none of their bodies were discovered along with the confirmed victims, it's suspected by law enforcement that they're actually buried in a separate mass grave. Um, all right. Sure. Why why not? I mean, and it could be, like, the Lisk victims. He had, like, these four and then four that were closer to Atlantic City. Yeah. So there's, like, Gilgo Beach and then Atlantic City and, you know. Yeah. Could be. Could be. On December 9th, 2010, Albuquerque police released six photos of seven other unidentified women who may also be linked to West Mesa. Police would not say how or where they had obtained the photos. Some of the women appear to be unconscious, and many share the same physical characteristics as the original 11 victims. 
The following day, the police released an additional photograph of another woman, and this woman was subsequently identified by family members who reported that she had died of natural causes several years earlier. On December 13, 2010, police reported that two of the women in the photos had been identified as alive and could have valuable information if they can be located. In June 2018, more bones were found near the site of the burials, but these were later determined to be ancient and not related to the West Mesa murders at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Cool. Um, so, aside from the excavating that happened at the West Mesa burial site and identifying the victims... The investigation really hasn't been crazy extensive. Right. I mean, that in itself, it took more than a year for them to identify all 11, all 11 victims that they found. So yeah. it's it's been, what, 13 years? Yeah. And it's still unsolved, don't really have any answers. So there's not much in the way of investigation to talk about. Um, however, there is... An interesting, some interesting information that, that we, I feel like we should talk about, which began before the remains were found. So in mid-2005, an Albuquerque police detective named Ida Lopez began to notice that women with ties to, like, the drug scene and the sex work scene had began vanishing from Albuquerque. And so she started a list of these women who she noticed had begun vanishing. And I think Ida was one of those officers who would frequent those like 118th Street areas. And not to like bust any of these women who were doing sex work, but... She would get to know them, which is how she started noticing when they were not showing up anymore. Right. So she was, like, out here doing the Lord's work, trying to kind of make sure that these women were safe. Hell yeah, dude. So what's up, Ida? And so she started a list when she started noticing a pattern. And 10 of the missing women, Monica, Cinnamon, Veronica, Victoria, Michelle, Virginia... Julie, Evelyn, Jamie, and Doreen were found, were all found buried in the West Mesa in 2009, along with Solania, who had not been reported missing. But Ida had all of those women on her list. Yeah, that's awesome. That's insane. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, like we said, it, it took police about a year to identify all of the remains. And as they did so, they dug into the victim's past in hopes that they could find the killer. Um, which is why we talked about the victim's past a little bit in each one of their little sections. But Ida's out here doing the work. And she's still the detective who's on this case. So later when we go over like contact information, her email is there. Perfect. So for people who maybe have information. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah, Ida. So, no official suspects have ever been named in this case, of course. But over the years, there have been a number of men that have come under police suspicion. 
although none were named as either suspects or people of interest. So, first up, we have Frank Reynolds. That sounds like an untrustworthy human being, if you ask me. It sounds like Danny DeVito from It's Always Sunny. (laughs) Uh, He was a pimp who allegedly knew one of the missing women and also allegedly had photos of missing sex workers. He died in 2009. So there's that. Um, Next is a man named Lorenzo Montoya, who lived less than three miles, three miles from the burial site at the West Mesa. And reportedly in 2006, there were dirt tracks leading from Montoya's trailer to the burial site. What? Dun, dun, dun. In 2006, uh, Montoya strangled a teenage girl at his trailer and was subsequently shot to death by the boyfriend of this girl. Fuck yeah. 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 Um, interestingly, it seems as though the West Mesa murders stopped after Montoya died. Hmm. hmm go on with it interesting so in august of 2010 police searched multiple properties in joplin missouri weird what these properties were associated with a local photographer and businessman named ron Irwin. Um, Police found and confiscated tens of thousands of photos from Irwin. It isn't explicitly stated what these photos are are of, but according to police, Irwin repeatedly attended the state fair in Albuquerque. So I'm going to assume they're pictures of girls at the state fair. Yeah, that's that's my assumption. Uh, But police would later confirm that Irwin had been cleared. Yeah, so he's just a big fucking creepo. Yeah, he's just a creep, basically. Not a murderer. Not a murderer, but a creep. Uh, In December of 2010, convicted serial killer Scott Lee Kimball from Colorado uh, stated to the media that he was being investigated for the West Mesa murders, but that he was not responsible for any of those. So, okay. All right, that's a red flag. Sure. Um, in 2014, police became interested in a man named a man named Joseph Blee. I think Blee. And soon after, he was confirmed to have committed several sexual assaults in the 1980s. He has also been dubbed the mid-school rapist for his activities in the 80s. Police say that he would often break into the homes of 13 to 15-year-old girls who lived near McKinley Middle School in Albuquerque and rape them. In one case, there was a DNA sample, but the rape test kit was not retested until 2010, Mm. eventually linking him to the rape. And in 2015, he was sentenced to 36 years in prison. This is why we need to be testing our rape kits. Yeah, I feel like a follow through would be good for those. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's let's be testing our rape kits, guys. Yeah. Then in 2015, he was suspected of killing a sex worker. 
His DNA was found on the inner waistband and belt of a sex worker who was found dead on Central Avenue in the eastern part of Albuquerque. A tree tag found in the area of the West Mesa where the bodies were buried was tracked back to a tree nursery that dude went to all the time. Yep. Sheesh. So, I that's literally it. That's literally all of it. Yeah. Um, still no one has been labeled a suspect. And. That's wild. Yeah. It's really crazy. So um, there is a reward of up to $100,000 being offered for information leading to arrest and conviction of the person or persons responsible for the crime. Um, if you have any information, you can contact Albuquerque PD at 1-877-765-8273 or 505-768-2450. You can also contact Crime Stoppers at 505-843-STOP, S-T-O-P. And you can also email information to Ida Lopez at ilopez at cabq.gov. That shit will also be in the episode description. Yes. So for anyone listening, if you know anything... Give these people a shout. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know, we like to see our crimes solved. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know. Um, that's, that's the whole story. And this was kind of a short one, actually. There's not... It seems like this would be a long one. Yeah. Because there are so many victims, but... Because it's unsolved and there's not really a ton of investigation timeline. Once you get through the victims, that's really it. Yeah, that's, that's it. basically the whole story. Yeah, I mean, really, the only thing that's happened where the bodies were discovered. Exactly. Or the remains. Yeah. So there's not much to talk about. I know. It's crazy. It's wild that it's unsolved just feels like something feels weird that we can't we aren't solving it it was montoya yeah i'm gonna go with montoya i agree i agree um all i did i did post post add in um a little bit more in june of 2020 the city of albuquerque opened a park at the burial site memorial memorializing the victims so that's cool yeah and um there is a prevailing theory i think held by authorities but also it could just be a rumor but there's some talk that the west mesa murders are part of a sex trafficking ring that targets sex workers in southern states this seems like a weird theory because 
these women were murdered mm-hmm. as opposed to being trafficked. Right. So that seemed like an odd conclusion to me because murdering doesn't necessarily achieve the goals of sex trafficking. Right. It, but it does quite the opposite, I feel like. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, I don't know, That's that just doesn't seem like the conclusion I would have gotten to, but it's a theory that exists out there. Right. So, and most, I think most people are on the of the opinion that at least the first 11, or the 11 confirmed victims are all, were all killed by the same person. I would say, yeah. I, I agree. I mean, it's not super common that you have multiple people committing murders and then burying the remains in the same spot. Right. That just seems like the odds are stacked against that being true. Well, yeah. And I mean, without like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it, it ain't out, no way. No, no. Outside of them colluding to do that and thus being accomplices, it's just not happening. Right. So could be more than one. Could be a team. Yeah. That I'm I'm not gonna say no to, but you know. We'll never know. I don't know. It's it's feeling feeling weird. Like maybe not solvable. It's giving very uh whoever did it is already dead. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Shot to death. Yes, by boyfriend. <laughs> by a boyfriend. So, um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, I guess we could finish up by talking about the updates in the Delphi case. Yeah. Um, so, at the end of August, which, I don't know, I guess this has probably been like a week ago, a week and a half ago, the Indiana State Police were... Um, sending dive teams into the river there. Mm-hmm. And word on it in the area of Peru, Indiana, which is where Kagan Klein is from. Right. So the area that they are searching or were searching is two miles from the home of Kagan Klein. So, obviously, police are not saying that the search is in relation to Delphi. They're not saying that it has anything to do with Kagan Klein. But, you know, we're out here putting the dots together. Right. And speculation is that they're searching maybe for the murder weapon, potentially. That they could be searching for maybe some sort of technology that would have evidence on it. I'm thinking, like, a flash drive. Yeah. Or hard drive or something. I can see that. So. I guess we'll see. We're closing in, I feel like. I think that one's going to be solved. I, I agree. Knock I think, on wood. Uh, where's the wood? <laughs> um, yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be solved. And I don't know. My... my I'm going to hedge my bets on Kagan Klein. Oh, for sure. 
I mean, the fact that he was running the Anthony Schatz profile and had actually been communicating with Liberty German that day. Come on. Uh, yeah. Come on. For real. The, and he's now in in custody with like 30 charges of child pornography and soliciting from minors. Yeah. This yeah. dude fucking did it. He did it for show. Sure. So... And have you seen his mugshot? Ugh, he's yeah. he's got he's got the look, bro. He does. If I saw that guy in Walmart, I would be like, "We're leaving." Excuse me. All the children need uh, give this guy a wide berth. Yeah, evacuate immediately. Exactly. <laughs> so that's that's our update on Delphi, which most of you probably knew that. I'm guessing probably not. I don't know. Do, does anybody who's listening actively follow cases? Are you getting like 50 Google alerts a day? <laughs> oh, God. If you are, I'm sorry because yeah. they're annoying. <laughs> we get so many. I will tell you that I the three Google alerts that I always click on are Delphi, Bryce Laspisa, and Gabriel Fernandez. Mm-hmm. Those are the three I always click on. At first, when we first started doing Google Alerts, I would click on all of them, and then I quickly realized none of this shit is applicable to what I'm looking for. Yeah. But in particular, Delphi, Bryce Laspisa, and Gabriel Fernandez almost always have to do... with When it comes to Delphi, it's not usually an update. It's usually just some new article rehashing right the case but yeah yeah and the anniversary of Bryce Lespice's disappearance uh was the 31st yes it was so we did get an alert about that so I know yeah go back and listen to Bryce Lespice yeah that's a good one it is a good one that is a case that I am going to think about for the rest of my life until he is found. Absolutely. I will never not be thinking about Bryce Lesbisa. Every day of my life. Hands down. Where is Bryce? How is he doing? Yeah. Ex- Bryce, are you listening right now? I wake up in the morning and I'm like, I wonder what Bryce is doing right now. Yeah. Is Bryce Lesbisa on a bicycle somewhere? And the answer is probably. Probably so. Probably riding his bike to a coffee shop, living yeah. his life. He, yeah, he's living his life out here somewhere. Mm-hmm. Probably Canada. Probably. That's where I'd go. Yeah. Exactly. So, anyway, that brings us to all we have for you today. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> Please go check out our coverage of all the cases we've talked about. Delphi, Bryce Lasvisa, Gabriel Fernandez. The Chicago 51 is one that we did mm-hmm. quite a long time ago. It's a good one. 51 missing and murdered women in Chicago. Please go listen to that. Yeah, we have like 80 fucking episodes, dudes. Yeah, we have we have a lot and we cover some good cases. Yeah. yeah. So you should, you know, peruse our catalog. Yeah, go go listen to Ed Gein or uh, Ed Kemper, The Exorcism of Roland Doe. Oh, yeah. I forgot we did that. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, we do all kinds of shit. I listened to our spooky stories episode last week because I needed a laugh. (laughs) Uh, It made me laugh. Good. At at me desk. The Roanoke one always makes me fucking laugh. Dude, I haven't listened to that in a hot minute. I'm going to listen to it tomorrow. It, like... It descends super quickly into absolute Does chaos. It? Yeah. Okay, it's I'm, so, I'm going to listen to it on my way home. It's, like, long, but <laughs> it you could tell that it was, like, like one of these nights where it was late. Yeah. And it was long. <laughs> so. Were we both still working at the court then? No, we haven't. I wasn't working at the court oh, at yeah. all. I feel like these last few years have really run together. I agree. The timeline is gone for me. I, yeah. Because yeah. we've been doing this for two years. That's crazy. Two We're, years next month. Yeah. We have a toddler pod now. We do. <laughs> She's walking on her own. Yeah. Fully. She's getting potty trained, um, using a, a cup with a straw. Yep. Yep. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Anyways, we hope you guys have a great fucking week. So. Yeah, have an excellent week, and, um... Sorry for being gone. We're we're sorry for being gone, but, hey, shit happens. We're just out here making bad decisions. Listen, life has really been handing it out. It's been handing it out left and right, and we're just like, I, can't, I just don't want any more. Please stop. <laughs> Please, Sky Daddies, come rescue us. Yeah. My poor April and her cataracts. She's blind as shit now. I want to be blind. (laughs) (laughs) I don't ever, I don't want to be blind. And I don't want my baby to be blind either. Well, of course not. Her little, I can see the cataracts right in her eyeballs every time she looks at me. And I'm just like... And then I, you know, she runs into the door and I want to laugh because it's kind of funny, but it's also really sad. It can be both. It's sad and funny. Yeah. It's a funny sad. You know. But she's just as happy as always. Well, she's a fighter. She's on her new low calorie food. She, the only treats she gets now are broccoli and other vegetables She's not overweight, so her diabetes has to be genetic because, yeah. you know, she's she's not overweight. The vet's like, she's perfectly sized. I don't know. Her sugar's just way fucking out of control. So. I mean, that could be it. It has to be. But anyway, enough about my poor April and her ailments. <laughs> um, big ups to laura for our artwork and ariel for our music Mm -hmm. um subscribe to us rate the show share us with your friends you can give us five stars on apple and on spotify for show and that's it so after you're done doing all that leg work just be kind to each other and stay weird and goodbye